0: Copy is one of those things that has never been complicated. It's it's human behavior. It's a very simple set of things. Copywriting is you make an offer that people won't and you make it clearly. And then you prove that you can deliver it. Because if you promise me something, I won't.
1: And you prove to
0: me that you can deliver it and I can afford your price. I'm going to buy. That's, that's it. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome back. Or the show. While our guest is an entrepreneur now, it's more about sort of the information he's generating out there and what he can help other entrepreneurs learn. And we're going to be talking about copywriting, pirates, basic fun stuff. But before, just one thing, please, if you're enjoying the show, please go and leave us a review at the listening platform of your choice. It helps us find really great entrepreneurs and people who can help entrepreneurs like today's guest, Will Green. Hey, Will. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Oh, no. Thank you for having me. I'm
1: so excited to be here. We've been talking for a little bit. What I found so interesting, why I really wanted you on the show is you cross a lot of different spaces in, I always call it the clip from the world, but it's the make money online world. There's the affiliate world. There's the copywriting. It goes from the true all the way down to the people who just figured out the newest hack and yeah, that's the newest thing. When I've been following your stuff, you use some of the lessons that have been around forever and ever in copywriting, but you cross over what it feels like into some new areas with it. And as we were joking earlier, you use a pirate and it's a yellow and black pirate as you write down. Where did this come from? When did you become a pirate?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so I, I've been a pirate since I was six years old, and the options for birthday parties at, at the place I went to was you could have a pirate come or a dinosaur come, and I, and I chose pirate, and we, we've been firmly in the pirate camp since then. <laughs> the, the version of my logo before the one where I felt like I had to become marginally more professional was, was a Jolly Roger I drew when I was nine. I just like pirates. And then yeah. I, I grew up, I'm, I'm just old enough that the internet was around when I was a kid, But they were still telling you, it was pre-Facebook, and they were telling you, never put your real name or face on the internet or bad people will come to you. And uh, they scared me with that very deeply when I was like 12. And as I was starting my thing, when I started my LinkedIn, I was like, I really don't want to put my face on this. So I took the WordPress mystery man and I got a clip art pirate hat and beard and put them on top of him and put a yellow background (laughs) and named him Yoho. And that's what we've been using. Last, I don't know, seven years. It works. Oh, yeah, exactly. But it's it's the little generic icon just with a clip art beard and pirate hat right on top of it.
1: Hey, I like that a lot. Now I want the audience to understand you have at least on your Twitter, and this is how we've been interacting up until yeah. just about a half hour account. You have a devotion to marketing copy. I know you haven't done every day before this, but the daily marketing truths and just your positioning of how to look at it. There's very little fluff to it. Yes, you are selling things and all this, but you're not overly doing this. How did you kind of come to that direction where you are now with copywriting?
0: Yeah. So, so what's different from me about me that a lot of that, not to say anything about the ClickFunnels, but use your name, that ClickFunnels crowd. Yeah, I did not decide I was going to become an affiliate marketer, sell something off ClickBank, figure out copy as I went along along and do that and and do hacks and then immediately go, hey, I can make more money selling people how to do copywriting. I don't I don't make any money selling copywriting. You buy The Hunger Games, which is my copywriting course, 100% of the profits goes to feeding the hungry because I'm deeply of the opinion that you have to make money telling people how to write copy. You don't know how to write copy. I came out of this. I was working as a marketing director at a little actual book publishing company in my early 20s. Publishing mm-hmm. art books doesn't feed your kids. Cool. So I needed something That's
1: else. That's like not for profit work.
0: <laughs> right, right. It was, except for I needed it to be for profit work. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I made a change and, and I got a job at a company called sandbury which is a division mm-hmm. of a much bigger company called Agora, which is a huge financial newsletter company. I, and I've worked my entire career as a working copywriter, first copywriter, then senior copywriter, then copy chief. I've had campaigns that did, did very well. I've done very well personally, just directly writing copy. And one thing that has ruined my life as a hiring manager are the, all the copywriting courses out there that tell people... Oh my God! You're gonna work three hours a week from the beach, and you're gonna make a million dollars a year as a copywriter. And I'm like, Look, I made a million dollars as a copywriter, and I worked eighty hours from my desk while my body devoured my internal organs for sustenance. That is not yes. what you're doing. And if that's what you think you're doing, could you please not apply for these jobs? So copy is one of those things that has never been complicated. It's it's, it's human behavior. It's, it's a very simple set of things that, but that doesn't make it easy. And I really will people that are are going to follow me that are going to read me that are going to they're going to try to do this understand the distinction between doing a common thing uncommonly well and thinking that there's this this silver bullet out there that's going to cure all your problems because yeah there are tactics that work really well we were talking before about post no doubts those are amazing they work really well right now but they'll stop like if everyone starts doing them will stop.
1: What Will's referencing, he had a blog post that got a ton of uh, blog posts. God, I'm dating myself. Twitter posts where he said one of the biggest pricing hack is just put the price on a post-it note and use that as the image for your offer. I guess you were getting a lot of flack for doing that because people didn't want you to share that.
0: Yeah. Uh, a bunch of my, my affiliate marketer friends who are, who are running like 10 to $50 million a year on, on Facebook ads where like, and it's not, it, it's just take your headline for what everything was right on a post-it okay. note, stick it on a wall and take okay, a picture. Okay, that's it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it works so much better than a more designed graphic. And it works for all sorts of reasons. It has depth and shadow to it, that a graphic actually is very hard to get when you get on a photo. It's got bright colors. It's it's a physical thing. You feel like you think of whole, all of these things, increase conversion. But right now, if you just take a post-it note ad, they, they tend to beat everything else. But like any other marketing tactic, Yes, people. A lot of people know to do it, but if everyone starts using it, it'll it'll work less well because right now it stands out. You have this sea of really fancy images or these graphics and these these giant bundle shots of of these courses, and then you get a post note that says, "Click here to make money." And people are like, "Wait, what's that?" Because uh, it stands out. So a lot of yeah. a lot of my friends were like, "Delete that right now. Don't don't tell people this. Please don't tell them our good tactics that work And that's but. Like, the, those, those silver bullet tactics like that, they're, they're not what move the needle long-term. What works in copywriting is, is you make an offer that people won't and you make it clearly, and then you prove that you can deliver it because if you, if you promise me something I won't and you prove to me that you can deliver it and I can afford your price, I'm going to buy that's, that's it, here. And, and all of copywriting, I, I say this all the time. The first lesson I ever teach any kids that kind of really want to learn copywriting is I ask them if they can define copywriting and copywriting does have a definition. And there's, there's sort of a famous one that's been out there for years that I hate that is copywriting is salesmanship, which is absolute and complete nonsense because you can't put salesmanship in yeah. salesmanship is a live one-on-one interaction where I have all of these amazing tools that I can judge based on my prospect's response, what I should say next. I can modify my argument based on what they're saying. A copywriter has none of those tools. You can't put salesmanship. in front. Yeah. Copywriting is the scripted transfer of belief in a promise. When I start a piece of copy, I make my a promise. At the beginning of the copy, I believe the promise. At the end of the copy, they believe the promise. That's it. That is what successful copy does. And in anyone, any. Anyone adding anything else it is talking about a tactic to accomplish that. But what you are doing is you are you scripted, it is, it's not spontaneous. I can't change it. It's not improv. Once it's out there, once I have a sales page out there, it's static for that reader. Once I have a video out there, it's static for that reader. So it's pre-scripted. I, I can't change it in the moment. I have to make my best shot at taking my belief in the truth of my promise and make it your belief in the truth. that's, that's all we ever do every day, every way.
1: Yeah, that is the law. What I find so interesting, if I were to take copywriting and literally just put marketing, it's the same thing where a lot of times people will kind of try and start diverging their terminology, you know, marketing is just you know, anything that kind of helps you bring that awareness. And I've always, early in my career, enjoyed all the sub niches and like the extra vocabulary. But as I've gotten older, it's more like, this is all the same stuff. We're just trying to do these things to help bring this type of event to occur. You come across, though, very much as some of the agency experience from the higher-end copywriting. your approach to it, and that sort of direct response, a very high end level of direct response. Do you ever look at instead of courses, do you ever think of marketing services or teaching people how to incorporate this greater, or is it pretty much in service of promoting courses or is that just the easier path?
0: Yeah. I mean, so I mean, like I said, when I, when I do a course, it's, it, it's just, for me, I think, I think info is the best way to, to build an audience and to build authority. Uh, I also, to, to quote Jay Abraham, if they don't pay, they don't pay attention. So I don't, I don't want to be out there beyond, beyond the very light stuff I do on Twitter, which is, you know, two tweets a day or the every six months when I bother to post something on the dead. I don't, I don't want to be out there providing a lot of free value. I actually hate the people that tell me that I have to provide value free. That's, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. I, I want, I want everyone to understand their relationship with me. And that is I, give you value, and you give me money. And if you don't give me money, I don't, <laughs> I don't care if you get value. <laughs> because will, that's what we're doing. here. <laughs> so that's why the the Hunger Games which is my copywriting course it exists the way it does. It's it's $200 if you want to take it, or I guess three, it's 297. Yeah. $2. And if you want to take it, great. It's it's massively more valuable than, that than copywriting courses that calls 10x more and I've and I've made a lot more in sales over my career than most people charging 10x as much. But also the, the hunger games comes with, with two promises and, and they exist for a very real specific reason. Besides the fact to make it easier to sell, the first is 100% of the profits go to feeding the hungry. Cause mm-hmm. I don't need you. I don't need to make money off this course. I make my money actually doing copywriting for, for clients from other products. And the second is this. It is just under a month of content with daily lessons, about 15 minutes a day. And the system tracks if you do them. And if you do every lesson every day on time, after the last lesson, I go on PayPal. I send you your money back. It's a lot of refund. You don't ask for it. It's tracked automatically. My assistant goes through. If the system says, "Hey, they've done everything" and made sure that like you didn't go through one of the times where there's an assignment and just you know mash keys to get the yeah. character in there. It's real um, stuff. But yeah. if you do all that, we we give you your money back. And, and the reason's really simple. The, it's. It's a marketing funnel, and I I have higher end services. And if I can get you to pay to participate in my marketing funnel, fantastic. Because I I won't, I don't, I hate free trials. Free trials are ridiculous. No one ever does anything on them because they haven't committed. But if I can get you to commit three hundred bucks, even if in your brain it's free, because you're going to do it, I'm pretty confident in myself. There, there's no universe where you care about marketing direct response and you hear me talk every day for a month. About marketing direct response, that if you need someone to do marketing and direct response for you after that, you don't immediately go what we're calling work. Yeah. Period. But if I'm going to provide you that value, you're absolutely giving me money first because I want you to understand our relationship. It is very, very hard to take someone in, and I've done, I've done the, the work for them. Their, their conversion rates are just lower. It is not true to say that if you get someone on your email list for a year and you provide them free value, you provide them free value, you provide them free value. You come in and you say, hey, I have this product It's $5,000. You don't get a conversion rate that's that's higher than someone that gets someone on their list, proves they know what they're doing, and and, and sells them two days later. In fact, you get a much lower conversion rate because you've established a relationship with this person that you're now violating. They expect you to do that. And you get hundreds, or if your list is big enough, thousands of emails saying, what the hell are you doing? You've always done it free before. Why do you just want my money now? You've changed. I hate it. Why you do that? If you really cared about us, like you said you do, you just give us this for free. Yeah. I mean, they get blasted. You get put on blast, and and you shouldn't, because you've established a relationship with people. And usually, people who do that early in their email funnel say something ridiculous like, "Look, I've been very successful, and I just want to help you. So here's all this value." Well, then you lied to it right on the beginning. You 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 built your whole relationship on mm-hmm. When you get to what you really wanted, it is it's a betrayal of that relationship. And all we ever do to go back to copywriting is the scripted transfer of belief in a promise. If I am a liar and I've been lying to you since day one about what I want out of this relationship, there's absolutely no reason to believe my promise later when I say, I can give you what you want, but it costs money. Whereas if I say day one, I am a pirate. This is called the Hunger Games because you don't win, you survive. And if you want value, you give me money. When I come back 30 days later and say, I can absolutely solve this problem for you and solving this problem that costs $20,000, I haven't violated the relationship. I'm the same guy you met day one, who you trust, who you've been building belief in, telling you that solving this problem costs $20,000, and the guy that told you you could solve it for 200
1: is lying. Having crossed back and forth between marketing and sales, and for years saying they're pretty much the same thing, it's just the amount of direct face-to-face talking you do. It is interesting how you've built that value, what everyone calls that relationship development. You're getting people to pay, which sets you up for better client understanding. Your product discovery has to be through the roof because you know where people are spending this. So what are then your upsells? Is it the typical done with you, done for you? You've mentioned masterminds. Because I'm curious, do you work as a copy consultant on things? Or is this pretty much straight info all the way through?
0: I definitely will do client work on, on copywriting. But very very expensive when it comes to that. So so I take sure. two or three clients a the year there because if you want me to actually write a copy package with you, it starts at sixty five thousand dollars plus a four percent royalty.
1: More info focused products. that you Yeah,
0: absolutely. With. So so yeah. my my background is, is is financial info. So so almost all of my clients these days are financial newsletter publishers because they've got they've got big market high margins. They and they can afford me. Whereas no e-com brand could do that because uh, the the margins don't bear it out. I like clients with lots of margin because they make me lots of money. So if, if you go all the way through the higher games, I've got a, a weekly live call that I do that's, that's, you know, more money that, that, that's a couple thousand dollars. And then I've got what I'm, I'm really excited that I've been working on now is actually do video teams because, because video on own sales. Is an absolute game changer for people who haven't done it and don't do it well. A good, a good sales video double, triples conversion rates. They're 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 absolutely amazing. awesome. Um, they're they're hard to do well, and and there are whole lots of complicated steps in the process that are hard to do well. Once you've got a, a camera set up, like you're not done yet. So I've actually worked with one of my good friends, and who's my partner on this. He's been vertically integrated for 20 years doing ecom in the UK and Pakistan. So he's he's a UK and a Pakistani citizen. And he's had factories in Pakistan that make the stuff he sells online and just go direct to sell. And beginning of last year, we we took one of his factories and and we turned it into an academy and and an office building. And we started training remote teams to do high process oriented tasks that are are very expensive to do in the West, but that really break themselves down to not being creative work so much as being very process driven. First, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And and we've trained them for computer and protocol. Programming tasks. And then we, what I did was I created a post production team. And in our academy is I, I've trained people to be video editors, graphics. I say trained they come in with two years experience, um, but we built teams to do all the post production work. So all the graphic design, all the animations, all of the cuts, all of that that come after you film the video to, that you need to do to get a uh, high production quality video. And one of our teams, I mean, I've done it. I've run the budgets. If you want to do hire one of our teams in the U S. It would be about one hundred eighty thousand dollars in staff costs. That you're, you're talking about an eighty thousand dollar production coordinator, you're talking about a seventy five thousand dollar graphic designer, you're talking about an eighty thousand dollar video editor. And we we bundled them together. We got them trained. We pay one hundred fifty percent local wages. Our 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 video editors make more than doctors do in, in this town. And we then embed them permanently with companies that are video heavy and want to be video heavy as their full time. Video post production team and it's an 80% call savings for them. And then we've nice. got amazing work. We, and what I love about it is, is we're, we've really actually taken this town and, and we've we changed like the economy of this town. My partner and I are now the biggest employer in town. We, we've created over a hundred jobs. Our growth limiter right now is Very he is cool. buying the lot next to the building because we need to take a parking lot <laughs> because we can't have everyone down into the office
1: anymore.
0: And we can't have them work from home because their houses don't have internet or reliable electricity. Yeah. Like we have generators and stuff at the office. They have to be there. So my biggest upsell right now is actually if you want to do video and you want to learn how to do great direct response video, it's it's a combination info and, and fulfillment offer where there's an onboarding package where you work for two months with me actually learning how to both work with this team and the principles of really good video. And I help you through your first video as you learn to work with the team, because even though our teams are, are great, there are a lot of things that come when you say, Do understand that this team is nine hours off the East Coast time. So you're never going to be in a live meeting with them because your workday starts, theirs ends. And and their cultural references are different. Like if you say, I want this to look like blank TV show, you really need to add a YouTube link to that description because that means nothing. So, but we teach you how to work with an international team on an asynchronous basis. We teach you what makes good design and how to do it, how to build out the brand vibe that you need for the video. And then we give you the team that's your team, forty hours a week, full time for you, for your business. That's yours to to crank out video. If you've ever done like direct response video, one thing you find even in the U.S. is you can take people with huge experience that don't understand the marketing direct response side of it, and they make like these beautiful like Hollywood cinematic commercials,
1: and you're like with nothing to you, yes. you
0: didn't you didn't put the link like you didn't put the link to the website like what's <laughs> a please. Please put the buy link in. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> that's, that's why it exists. But once we were working in some subgroups of a large CPG, probably their diapers have been on your If you have children, your baby's bottoms. And they had this new, they were doing some experiments on their own. This is 15 years ago. Their own e-commerce place. Yeah, they want to try different brands because they were seeing it grow up. And they were like, okay. We don't want to be owned by Walmart and Amazon. So how do we do some of our own direct e-commerce sales? We were asked to look at this site. They had spent a couple million dollars on. And I remember, like, literally, it was kind of the end of a large meeting. And, oh, the board's meeting next door. And they kind of want to hear your opinion on this. And I'm like, okay, we walk in. And they're like, yeah, we just had this. It was the same design team that does the ballet, blah, 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 in Paris. And as I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Something's weird." And uh, my head of sales just goes, "There's nowhere on the page It says, "Buy." <laughs> yeah, there's literally not a single there's all sorts of great cop like, "Oh, we trust you. Yeah, we give to the, yeah, there's, there's that. I mean it's beautiful, but there's no buy. And is this still towards, specifically finance? Because that process itself, I played around with nowhere near as sophisticated and the value is really high, but like, are you doing this just for info, financial info products, or is this for anyone who's looking at this type of potential of direct video response?
0: Yeah, th- this is definitely for anybody that, that wants video. Cause, okay, cool. cause I mean, obviously my first clients are financial because those, those are my current clients.
1: Right. Yeah. So I said, those are your, I'm also
0: yeah. doing video and would you like to pay me a quarter of what you pay Scott? Yes. Okay. Cool. That was a pretty right. easy sales pitch. Scott, Scott doesn't like me very much anymore, but, <laughs> but the, the whole thing is. One, I, I like diversification, being totally niche dependent, especially on, on a niche with a very high regulatory burden like financial kids. If you have the FTC decide that this year they're going to crush financial publishers, which has happened in the past and will happen again, you go from cool. having like, I'm having a great year to like, nobody's spending money. And it, like, like everyone's in cockroach mode, get small and survive. And I don't, I don't want to be forced into cockroach mode because you won't. You see e is it's such a growing segment of the market and it's got such a huge semi-pro segment in it which are great customers those are the people that want to do it kind of have thing going but yeah it may even make enough money that that they they have a great life for themselves but they're not building a business or a full us team to do anything where well they they can become a great client for this and and they can work well but it it's not something where I have to be like, well, look, uh, a full copy package is, is a three month full time commitment for me, That it's me working on it three months full time. So I have to charge a lot of money because yeah. the thing I'm doing now, this is I, I can onboard people. The onboarding process is specific. It's replicatable. It doesn't matter what your product is. It doesn't. I don't have to have a deep dive understanding of your product to to really do it, to say, here's what makes really great video. Here's here's how you learn your audience. Here's how you build a visual Bible for graphic designers so that no matter who's doing it, you can go and have a very simple checklist that says, is this the correct lower third? Are you using brand colors? Can you, if, if I put this on mobile, can I still read all the text on screen? Cause if you don't tell a graphic designer that they don't do it, <laughs> like that's, that's just a checklist item you learn. So the, the process is is anybody that wants to get into video, if you want to do good UGC for your e store, whatever it is that you want to create, a lot of high quality video output to grow direct through direct response, putting it out there on your socials, putting it out there on your control pages, putting it out there in your sales process, we can take a really hard part of it that the the only part that makes it kind of hard to sell to e-comp is they don't even actually know that post-production exists. So you have to like Educate them on the product. Problem the the easy part with with financial info is they've been doing sales videos so long that they know how hard post production is, and I don't yeah. like I literally pick up the phone to them and say I'm doing this, and they're like yes, like it's it's it, I don't even finish the pitch before people sign up because there's there's a real need there. But as we scale, their info and in ecom or info and in financials is, is a much smaller market than ecom in general, and yeah. because I charge. I don't charge a, a massive premium. My teams actually much cheaper than a U.S. team. Of course, there, there's a decent margin there for me. But like, if, if I only have ten clients, it's just it's not gonna do it. So, so no, I'm, I'm very interested in bigger markets. I'm, I'm interested in bringing good marketing to a wider, variety of people. And a lot of my motivation there was honestly the same as, as the motivation of my mastermind. Why it's a weekly live call instead of videos? Is marketing is my crack, and and I love it. And I love I love talking about how you sell any product, <laughs> not just the ones that can afford to pay me a huge amount of money to talk about it. Yeah. So as, as I built Copy Road, a lot of my question has been just, how can I make it economically viable to do what I was going to do? Anyway? Because a lot of these brand owners that they call me have been like, would you like to spend the next two hours telling me how to sell my product? I'm like, yes, there's literally nothing I would like to do more than that. Oh, but sadly, but I yes. have to figure out how to turn that into a business.
1: Mine tends to be more about how to create the structure and what you, what numbers you should be paying attention to as you go, what that tells you. But I know about addiction. What about AI? Not worried.
0: So, so here's okay. here's the thing about AI. There's stuff it's really, really good at. And there's stuff where it might disintermediate some of my teams. I might, I might need three people rather than <laughs> 30 or something like that. But AI is, is, is never going to be good at consistency over scale. So much of the things that you train when you're doing video is, is you have to have the AI remember this is, this is what I did last time. And the graphics can't be the same as they were last time. That's wrong, but you need to stay within our our visual Bible and and, and make them work together. So that if someone mm-hmm. goes into the sales video two, having seen sales video one, doesn't see my face, doesn't see anything, and sees a graphic set come up, they know it's a copy road video because it's, it's visually coherent. AI yeah. is not good at that yet. But my, my second thing is training an AI to do the things that we do. You still have to have someone in your team feed in. What you want it to do yes. in a very, very specific way to get a good result, and that AI regular is going to be more expensive. Than we are. <laughs> Even if I just end up training AI regulars, like like straight up. Whereas we got it so that I don't think I'm I'm hurting my marketing position or hurting anything when I say it was is, is is pretty simple. If you run a YouTube channel, you probably have four graphics you ever create. And if I'm willing to do the work, and I am as part of the onboarding process to create a visual Bible that says, here are Jim's Ford raffles, and this is what they look like. And these are the fonts we use, and these are the colors we use. Then I can take your script, and I can also train my guys, and they do. Day one in the academy for a video editor is, if you haven't moved their eyeballs, and it's been five seconds, you're fired. Then you do not just leave a static person sitting on screen, because that's boring. Something has to happen. They can go through the script and, and, and do it and mark it up and make the changes. And if if in 10 years, five years, three years, whatever it is, I don't have video editors that have to go into After Effects and, and create images. I instead, they go into Google Docs and they do a call comments and they hit make video button yeah. and, and something makes the video. I don't care because because the value we bring in here, yes, we execute it. But very few people, and certainly if you're running an e-com store, and you have to deal with both what's our next ad campaign going to be and also how are we like who's running the warehouse at 3PL or are, are orders getting to your customers. You're not going to you are not. I will tell you, as a matter of fact, you are not going to sit down and go through your script and call on every graphic. you need. And, and if you don't do that, the AI is not going to give you one. We are not at a point and we aren't going to be one of the next few years where AI understands context enough to go through. And read just a, a script and create the actual images you're going to want of your brand to do that. There will still be a, a an AI wrangler, even if it can do that with more specific instructions. Project Manager, so yeah. right, yeah. Then then that'll then that'll be what we train my guys to do. One of the beautiful things about working in, in a country like Pakistan is the other option for, for the people we train to do this, who, who are incredibly intelligent, incredibly hardworking people, are are go work in a literal sweatshop. They're at a back a sewing machine or whatever, making whatever 30 hours a day, or, or go do subsistence farming in a field. And if I say, I need you to learn how to edit video, and you're going to sit at this computer in this air conditioned office, this air conditioned, not because I'm a good human being, but because it's not the computer overheats. and you're going to do that, and I'm going to pay you 150% of what you can make anywhere else, and there is no physical danger, and you will be comfortable. They're like, yes. And if I go back a week later, and I say, look, I actually, I, I'm not going to fire you, you're doing a fine job. I need you to learn this entirely different skill and sit and do this entirely different thing. They go, thank you. And, and and go and do it. There's no, there's, you know, if I were to do that in the US or the UK or Canada, it would be, Jim, you're doing a great job here. And I, and I love you. And I know what you're doing, but we need to talk about the business needs someone to do this. I think you'd be a great person and I'd have to sell them on why I should give them, continue giving them money. Retrain. Yeah. And and the, and it would be a discussion, and they would have to get you know buy in and, and whatever you know your team should buy in blah blah blah. My 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 team is bulked into having a job because they exist in a society where legitimately having nothing is an option. And and I mean that sounds harsh when I say it that way, but it, but it, it's not. I care very deeply about these people, about their success, about the whole ecosystem, but that that different milestone, goalpost, whatever you want to call it, reference point they have means that, that if I have to say for the business to survive, we're doing this now, and you need to acquire this new set of skills, and I need you to acquire it by the end of next month, they will not sleep until next month to keep that happening because they know we've got a good thing going.
1: You've created benefit, generated value, and this is the way you, know, you receive it back. You said earlier, you only have been an entrepreneur for like a year. You've been an intra to New York. But the complexity of the things you're doing, the logic that goes through the different pieces from people paying to be in your funnel to the upsells to then now this, which the video production, it's like, that is such a huge thing given just how much global talent is becoming part of so many companies' lives and just the inefficiencies I've seen and the efficiencies you're developing through this, you're doing some really cool entrepreneurial things that I'm geeking out about. Where do you see your own success from these, not the success of these different efforts that, you know, the Hunger Games or Copy Road or this service? What is going to be success for Will Green, the yellow and black pirate?
0: I've got a, a couple of, of answers to that. Oh, when I was a very young man, when I was, when first, first went to college, my dad was, was driving me to the airport. And he said, "Well, I, I need to give you a piece of advice. And that's this, look, you, you know how they say every generation needs to do better than the one before? You need to understand right now, you will never ever do better than your grandfather. And I've spent a lot of my life being miserable. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm never because gonna make right. more money than he did. And if that's your milestone for happiness, you're gonna be a miserable human being. So move it. Choose something else. And I completely ignored him, and I absolutely want to make more money than anyone in my family's ever made. But <laughs> if <laughs> <Okay>. I can't
1: <laughs>
0: if I can't do that, honest to God, I will I want my kids to finish college with no debt. I will To be able to buy them each a house when they get married or don't whatever as an adult i I want to set them up for success in adulthood i want them to understand that no matter what the economy is doing that they are always in control of their own life barring nuclear war that as long as the dollar is still worth money and we use that as currency not bullets it's on them and i want to stay
1: in the game until i die that's it thank you and thank you for actually answering directly The amount of times I have to kind of pull people like, no, I said, not your company does. Obviously, I think besides joining Will's paid funnel for the Hunger Games, because the money does get back to you. And you did reference, I guess, it is for the people who don't follow through. That money goes to charity. For the people who do die, (laughs) who get eliminated early, (laughs) won't go. But I think people should follow at the copy road. But... What's the best way for you?
0: If you want to follow me for socials, I'm most active on Twitter at the Copy Road. The Road website is currently being rebanded. I don't know how fast you get there. Even right now, there's a form you can sign up on uh, copyroad.com and we'll we'll get in touch with you. I promise you, if you sign up at copyroad.com, you will be given ample opportunities to to pay me and join the hugger games, starting just right away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I get it right before the episode, so let me, let me check it out afterwards. But I do want to point out one of my biggest marketing pet peeves. And if Will can do this, anyone listening to the show, put a freaking email capture on your site and do it in an intelligent, non-bagging people over the head way. Because Will literally has nothing on the site other than a pretty cute, simple way of doing it. And it's, if you know, you know, and it's like that one line made it fun right there as we've talked and should be given that he's a copyright. But if someone's coming to our site, 99.9% of the time, they are not coming to buy right there. They are literally just window shopping and thinking you might be interested. So please, my biggest marketing pet peeve about websites, put a freaking way. So that way, you will be able to talk to him later, or at least me when I'm shopping, because, oh, I find something cool. There's no way other than filling out a form and asking for information. It's like, no, just be easy and do it. If Will can do it when he has nothing with really nice tongue in cheek, you can do something simple on your site. So sorry, that's just my one breaking the wall and talking to the audience directly, because if Will can do it, you can easily do it too. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am really impressed with what you're building here. I I love your Twitter, and see, but this has been even a better geek out session in talking to you about what you're building now. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Oh no, thank you for having me. I had a blast.
1: Very cool. Well, hey everyone. Please, I asked earlier, give us a review or for five, please, please, please. But go wherever you listen to the show. Give us a review because this way it lets us bring more people to listen to the show and we get to talk with really cool people doing really cool, entrepreneurial things like Will. And I think we're going to have to find a way to get Will, if nothing else, to get into how he is building these outsourced teams and how they work into it. But that's me later on. We'll talk. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Talk with you soon.